Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. I forgot my LinkedIn password like a million years ago and have never made the effort to recover it. And I get so many messages that are like, so-and-so wants to contact you via LinkedIn. And I'm like, I can't. I literally can't. That ship has sailed. Sailed. It's over it's done. for me and Stop LinkedIn. trying to make LinkedIn happen, goddammit. It's not going to happen. Oh, so true. Oh LinkedIn is so fat, you guys. <laughs> All right. Well, if you didn't already know, you are listening to Wine and Crime. Oh, God. The and podcast. I'm ignoring your LinkedIn request. <laughs> the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and bash LinkedIn. Um, in a Minnesotan accent. In, a, in our worst Minnesotan accent. Minnesotan accent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this week, we have a nice, creepy topic for you. Mm-hmm. Creepy. Um, creepy. Just getting ready for Halloween, gearing up. Uh, we will be discussing occult crimes. Ooh, and it happens to be Friday the 13th. Oh, right now. Yes. Right this second. It's occult, not a cult. It is Occult. Occult. (laughs) Okay. I'm being my own theremin. Stop. Okay. I'm Vincent Price. Over here debating like pronunciation and spelling and Amanda's just going. (laughs) I was just making it clear that it's not a cult crime. Yep. It's an occult crime. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Very mm-hmm. important distinction. Old tomato. Mm-hmm. Old tomato <laughs> cult crime. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Fun. Amanda, what is our wine crime pairing? Yes. Okay. <laughs> this week. And you may have ordered this because I know we released, yes. I think, this selection a little early. We did. So that our wink buddies could get on board because we are drinking the... 2016 Invoke Syrah yes. from Wink Wine Club. Huzzah! Um, huzzah for Syrah. <laughs> if you want to keep drinking along with us, and you absolutely should, you can head to trywink.com forward slash gals. That's T-R-Y-W-I-N-C dot com forward slash gals. For 20 bucks off your first order, they have a huge inventory of amazing bottles to choose from. Um, they can make suggestions for you based on like a little flavor profile quiz that you take, or you can simply choose your own. It's just like going into an online shopping cart. It's but more fun because it's, it's wine. It's really fun. Um, 
We do have the next month's bottles featured on our website as well as a little uh, link to the Wink website. So I would recommend just heading to wineandcrimepodcast.com and kind of checking that out. You can go to the Wink website through that little vanity URL that we have on there, um, and that will still apply the discount code of GALS, G-A-L-S. If you fill a box with four or more wines, Wink takes care of the shipping. So it's literally wine shipped to your door, and it's the dopest thing ever. You never have to leave your home again. It arrives in a golden chariot being driven by Mm. angels. That's unrealistic of an expectation. (laughs) That's what it feels like. it may as well be. That's what it feels like. Mm -hmm. This particular Syrah... Is full bodied with a dry finish. It's uh, pretty average in terms of ABV, clocking in at 13.7%. You will get a little hint of chocolate, some roasted coffee notes to this one, mm-hmm. with a little like sub subtlety of dark cherry. And it also has kind of an earthy balance. So this is not going to be a sweet red, but this is the kind of red that you want to pair with hearty meats and cheeses. Mm-hmm. This so, one was actually one of the ones yeah. recommended to me when I did my mm-hmm. flavor profile quiz. Samesies. Mm-hmm. So good. And then just some fun facts about Syrah since we have covered it before, but it's the world's sixth most planted grape today, and it's one of the oldest old world grapes. It actually dates back so far that historians don't even know with any real degree of accuracy when or where it originated. Um, There are kind of two schools of thought on that. Some say it dates back to ancient Rome. But others place it as far back as the ancient Greeks, preceding the Roman winemakers by about 500 years. So long and short of it, this wine has been around, cultivated for this purpose for thousands and thousands of years. Like, it's amazing. It preceded democracy, and it will go on past Democracy. Uh-huh. The <laughs> death of democracy. Uh, yeah. The Which could end be any of the American experiment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I just love the mystery behind this grape, and I love Syrah, and I love the name of this bottle, uh, Invoke, which makes it just a perfect pairing for today's episode. Mm-hmm. So let's pop that, and then we'll talk about what we'll be going on mm. pop for it. Halloween. Pop and it. then we'll Here plug we it. Lock it pop and it. drop it. And plug it. Pop, lock, and plug <laughs> Oh, Ooh. nice pop. That Death was a loud one. <laughs> yeah. It's got quite a mouth on it. <laughs> Surprised even me. Oh, mommy fucking like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And now for the plugs. Yep. So, you're seeing it on social media. It's happening we are hosting a murder mystery mixer on Sunday, the 29th. I'm so excited. With Minneapolis Haunted Basement, oh, yeah. the scariest place in the world. <laughs> I'm already nervous. <laughs> it's going to be so fun. So um, for the Frady Cats, tickets are sold separately. You do not have to go into the basement, but I cannot encourage it highly enough. I've been going every year, almost since the Haunted Basement started, and it's so much fun. It's not even just about being scared, but um, I'm a big theater geek, so the production that goes into this haunted house is absolutely 
amazing. It's so mm-hmm. much fun. And if you're like me, even if you're in there and you're scared and you're having fun, you can still look around and be like, oh shit, artists made this and actors are here doing this thing. And it's really, really, really cool. It's a really cool community of people. So supporting it is always great. Um, to go into the basement is 25 bucks. It's worth every freaking penny. Um, we ask that you go in between the hours of like six o'clock and seven o'clock. We are going to be starting the mixer after you go through the basement. It's going to start around 9 p.m. For the mixer alone, it's just $15. It is 21 plus because we're going to be serving wine until it's gone. I'm getting a couple cases of wine to bring for this crew. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing a murder mystery party. So after you buy your tickets, you will receive an email. Not immediately because I've got some work to do. But mm-hmm. you'll receive an email assigning you a character. And it's going to be like solving a murder. But with wine and your friends. So it's going to be super freaking fun. I don't know why you would ever not want to go. So you'll get that and with email. Us, wine and crime gals uh-huh. but not me two of the Those three the of us we'll call you maybe but <laughs> yeah. it'll be like six skype in the morning in. your time we'll, so probably we'll not. skype yeah. in so you get and i don't know what the so internet situation you'll get is the there. email and you'll have enough info on your character to like dress up as them is that oh fuck yeah okay. Also, I would absolutely love it if you came in costume. However, be mindful of the fact that if you are also going through the basement, um, it is, I wouldn't say treacherous, but no closed toe shoes. Don't don't wear something that you really value because you're probably going to get like fake blood on it. You know, basic haunted house stuff. It's it's in an old warehouse like it's dirty down there. How long does Um, it take to go through the basement? It can take as little as, like, 15, 20 minutes, but if you're really savoring it and, and exploring down there, it can take as much as 45 minutes to go through. So you just so, wa- wander around on your own? It's kind of a labyrinth. Obviously, you're being guided in a lot of ways by both the layout of the basement and the actors that are down there. And but there pure are definitely terror. some And pure terror. Yeah, what if you just but there sprint are some, like, through the whole mysterious, thing? Uh, a, you physically cannot. <laughs> I went through as a sneak peek. There's no possible way. Um, and B, that would really be a shame because there's so much cool stuff down there. Like, try to have fun with it. It's such a blast. I absolutely love it. And I have peed my pants at, like, every haunted house I've ever gone to since childhood. And I still love this. So <laughs> You're a if freak. I can handle it, you can. Okay. I'm totally a freak. So that's happening on the 29th. Um, you can check out wineandcrimepodcast.bigcartel.com for tickets for the mixer. To buy your tickets for the basement, head to hauntedbasement.org. All of this information is going to be on our website, and we can't wait to hang out with you guys. I think this is going to be super fun. And if you're busy on the 29th, we are also going to be hanging out with the folks of Girl Scout at their queer Halloween dance party Mm -hmm. on Saturday the 28th. We are hosting their costume contest. It's a coven-themed party, so there's going to be some really cool, creepy, witchy, and creative costumes. It is a $10 cover. I'm not sure if they're selling advanced tickets. I think it's just at the door. But um, you can check out all the details for that at girlscout.com. That's G-R-R-L-S-C-O-U-T.com for details. We're also going to have some information about that up on our website. Um, I think it starts around 9. There's a DJ all night. We've got the costume contest going. Um, that Pretty much that entire time we're judging it at midnight. Um, and it's going to be a blast. There's going to be drinks. There's going to be prizes and obviously us in costume, which is super dope. I'm working on my costume tomorrow. I am so excited. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to say what it is. 
but it's going to be you great. You do not want to miss this girl's costume. <laughs> Seriously, it's fucking Lucy insane. So kind of crushes the costume game. I Lucy love and our Halloween. friend Scott. Yes. Our mm-hmm. friend Scott, who's going to be helping us on the judge panel, mm-hmm. is also like an insane Halloween costume maker. Mm-hmm. I'm making him help me with mine because I can't begin to know what to do. He, it's like mm-hmm. crafts that don't involve knitting. I don't know how to do that. Scott just <laughs> makes his co- He was going to be a toilet brush for Halloween. <laughs> and I was like, why? And he said, well, one year I went as something really funny and punny, but nobody recognized it. So now I'm just going as like super recognizable things. So a toilet brush. Perfect. <laughs> a paperclip. All right. <laughs> Fabulous. So yeah, lots of cool stuff going on the weekend of Halloween. We'd love to see you guys definitely come to one or both. We're going to be at both. So hell yeah, come to both. And I have mm-hmm. to go to the basement. So I'll be there too. <laughs> yeah. I'm dragging you down there. You Great. may not come out. Way to make it more horrifying. <laughs> Don't study your character too hard because you might not even need it because you might die down there. Oh, for God's sake. Okay. <laughs> Wear an adult diaper and closed-toed shoes. Flat Overnight shoes. maxi pads are key <laughs> to my existence. <laughs> In general. Well, that's all I got. So take it away, ladies. All right. All ladies. Right. Ladies. <laughs> Maybe. What is our background in psych for occult crimes? Okay. This is going to be good. Occult. Yeah. So if you don't know what occult is, the last time I'm going to stop saying it like that. If you don't know what occult is, (laughs) it relates to the supernatural, mystical, magical powers or phenomena. So it Mm -hmm. means it's from a like a Greek or a Latin word, I don't fucking know. It means knowledge of the hidden, and that would be versus mm. knowledge of the measurable, a.k.a. science. So mm. I thought that was kind of interesting. And then as we talk about the history, just kind of cool to keep in mind how those overlap, like, all the time. Um, occult practices include alchemy, uh, divination, tarot, astrology, uh the Freemasons have a lot of occult-like rituals, Ooh, which I thought was so... I, really? I don't fucking understand what the Freemasons are or I what they do. I don't really get it. I no. don't either. It's like old fat guys with little weird hats and cigars is what I think but of. But they, like, ta- they like cast spells and shit or something. But they're also like a community organization and of like like old dudes. Yeah. Politicians. Yeah. I know. They're involved in everything. It's basically the Skulls. It's so Do you weird. remember that movie? That was so good. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, also, I just always think about National Treasure. Yeah. And the Freemasons. Oh, yeah. 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 It's mm-hmm. just shrouded and in mystery. And if there's not a treasure map under the city of Minneapolis, mm-hmm. I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to freak yeah. out. <laughs> and if it doesn't lead me to Hot Dish, I'm going to be even more pissed. <laughs> we this need map, to hide. This map was constructed out of tater tots, but now half of <laughs> them are missing. We need to hide a map to Hot Dish somewhere in Minneapolis. We're doing it. I love this plan. Someday Um, we'll do a scavenger hunt. So Mm -hmm. other occult practices include gasp religion, because again, a lot of overlap. Religion and science are pretty disparate for the most part, so Uh you can easily relate it to religion, and some more obvious religions are... Christian and Jewish mysticism, uh, Kabbalah, Gnosticism, 
modern paganism, which would include Wicca. Kenya knows about mm. Wicca. She went through a phase. Oh, yeah. Long you phase. all did. <laughs> Long and intense phase. Yeah, you were in that phase. Yeah, but I couldn't Big tell time. my dad. <laughs> 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 I'm just entering mine now, so I'm late to the game. I still have a spell, like, buried under the mulch outside my childhood bedroom window. <laughs> just waiting for oh, your dad God. to uncover it. I'm afraid he has, because we did not bury it very deep. I feel like roses have just been growing out of it for decades now. You just keep hacking them. They were hostas. Yeah. And then toads start popping up. I'm just talking oh my about God, practical, practical magic. magic. Oh my it's God. my favorite movie. It's my favorite. So good. Kenyon, next time you're in town, should we watch it again? Because we yes. watched it last time you were in town. What about and me? before that. Invite me. Yeah. yeah. You're, yeah. you're moving anyway. <laughs> I Don't tell moved. your dad. <laughs> Don't tell your dad. <laughs> okay. Uh, occultism had kind of a resurgence around the 15th century when modern science was beginning to emerge and people were trying to reconcile these measurable findings with their religious beliefs. So, again, lots of overlap. It kind of makes some cool sense. In the 18th century, it was um, largely a reaction to the Age of Enlightenment, so when there was a lot of, like, philosophy and secularism and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. At one point, even Isaac Newton was accused of occultism when he first, like, proposed the idea of gravity. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And also... I fucking love tracing back, like, <laughs> claims of witchcraft or the occult to just blatant science. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I but... often think about how... Our children and grandchildren will probably still have stories like that from our fucking lifetime. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Of like these fucking idiots didn't know what climate being change gay was. was. Climate change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like I love um, it. I fucking love another it. Another example, actually, in the Middle Ages, magnetism was considered magic because they didn't fucking understand I get that, that either. I I, I get still that. Think it is it's, magic. It's definitely it's magic, magic that we've given a name to. <laughs> I mean, when, so Lucy and Scott and I drove down to experience the eclipse in the belt of full totality. That was the coolest thing I've ever experienced. It was so cool. But it definitely made all of us think about how the unexplained can so easily be explained by magic or religion. Like, we were watching that as three people who are very much rooted in reality and science. And all three of us were saying, like, uh, yeah, if I didn't know exactly what this was, I would think that something completely crazy, like a religious experience was happening yeah. because it's yeah. just so unbelievable. The sun is yeah. blocked out. Like the birds go mm-hmm. nuts. The sky looks fucking crazy for over a, gust a minute. Of wind. The cold wind, all of this stuff that I, it was so weird. I read about before and I read about why it was happening and I was mm-hmm. like prepped myself to expect it. And we, all three of us were just crying the whole time. It mm-hmm. was very it was emotional. So it was so incredible. If mm-hmm. you've never seen a total eclipse, plan on it, do it. You will not regret yep. it. We're official eclipse chasers now. We're yep. quitting our jobs. <laughs> we are quitting our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, like, fuck the podcast, fuck work. We are only chasing eclipses and living off the land. <laughs> Don't they happen like once every seven years or something? No, no they happen they all the time, happen, all over the world. They happen oh, really? like 
it's not constant, but it's like every like 12 to 13 months, there's one that's happening somewhere in the world, but typically it's happening over the ocean. So a lot of them are reported, but just not really seen because there's no livable space out there. But yeah, they happen everywhere, but they only hit the same belt twice, like once every seven to 10 years. That's why they're so special when they hit you know, in the that U.S. Place. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, okay, and we have I two in the U.S. within the span of seven years, so the next one's in 2014. Was that when it was? 2024 is the next one. Yeah. In oh, that's right. Because 2014 happened. already happened. <laughs> so I'm tired. Math is also magic. It's so hard. <laughs> but that it. one's going to yeah. go, that belt is from, like, <laughs> Texas up into the Appalachian Mountains. So that's a really cool one, too. Yeah. Mm. We're going, there's another so one we'll do a wine crime event like, under the total eclipse. There's another one, like, Texas to Florida. There's, like, a bunch in the continental U.S. coming up. And by mm-hmm. a bunch, I mean, like, two more in the next decade. <laughs> that's a bunch. That's a bunch. Sticking to it. Anyway, this episode brought to you by eclipses. <laughs> okay. Brought to you by not the sun. <laughs> so the moon. <laughs> um, so especially today, a lot of people associate the occult with Satanism and pentagrams and things like that. And there's really no rational basis for this train of thought because the occult has no ties to any particular religion. Uh, mm-hmm. Plus, the pentagram has been used throughout many cultures over thousands of years with no particularly bad overtones. Like, it used to kind of portray the golden ratio, which, again, is some creepy math magic shit. Uh, mm-hmm. The the wounds of Christ and so on. So Yeah, stigmata. It's not an evil Whoa. symbol mm-hmm. at all. Mm. Um, After we just shat on new agey people for trying to <laughs> do... <laughs> The original <laughs> symbology of the swastika. We were like, "Oh, fuck off!" The pentagram. Okay, is that's actually... really heavy. <laughs> I will take the pentagram still being usable after being synonymous with like satanic culture over For sure. a symbol still being usable after being synonymous with a fucking genocide of an entire people. Yeah. yeah so I agree. sorry about it. Because at least one thing is real while the other thing isn't real. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, sorry mm-hmm. if I'm offending people, but I don't believe in any of that shit. Right. But I do believe in, you know, millions of Jews being yeah, slaughtered and that making it not okay to use any version of any kind of swastika ever again. Very yeah. real Shock. consequences. And I take very, very outlandish stands on these issues, <laughs> so I know you're all shocked. She's crazy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have a pentagram on my sweatshirt that I'm wearing right now, so suck it. Yeah. Oh, I gave you that. You did? You it love is that my sweatshirt. favorite sweatshirt. It stays. It's so cute. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I didn't wash it before I gave it to you. No, I washed it after because it smelled oh. like your uh, spray tan, and it actually still yeah, smells like your spray tan three washes oh, later. Welcome. But it makes me think of you, so I'll take it. <laughs> and it makes you tan. It makes me tan? It'll make you tan by wearing it. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. So, uh, moving on to what in the 20th century we can now refer to as the satanic panic. If anyone's Mm -hmm. heard of that. Oh, Oh, big time. I have a feeling that both of your crimes have something to do with this period in American history. A little bit. A little bit. Okay. Mine's a little more not super related, but yeah. Okay, well, there is a thing called the Satanic Panic, um, and it's more officially referred to as the satan- as Satanic Ritual Abuse, or SRA. 
if you want to be super fucking douchey about it. Of course we have an (laughs) acronym for that. Um, So it's a quote unquote moral panic because we just love, we love those. Uh, mm-hmm. That oh, began yeah. in the U.S. Don't let your kids listen to Marilyn Manson. Oh, or they'll turn gay. They'll murder <laughs> some babies. Yeah, they'll turn gay. Um, <laughs> so it began. The moral panic began in the U.S. in the 1980s and spread to other self-righteous assholes around the world. Um, mm-hmm. There was some historical precedents, uh, including the persecution of early Christians in the Roman Empire. Um, Blood libel against Jews, which is just like a super horrific, intense form of anti-Semitism. It's the belief that Jews kidnap and murder children of Christians in order to use their (laughs) blood and body parts as parts of their rituals during their religious holidays. And this is a... Kenyon, can you weigh in on that? Because, you know, Zach's Jewish, so is any of this going on? Well, yeah. Well, you know... You've hosted Seder. (laughs) For Rosh Hashanah, if you can't get apples and honey, you can get a baby baby toes in children's baby toes. (laughs) Yeah. That's the alternative. And sometimes, I mean, like, sometimes, like, Ashkenazis do, like, apples and honey, and, like, Sephardics do, like, baby toes. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's really nuanced. There's subtle differences. <laughs> some people speak Yiddish. Some people speak Hebrew. Eat some baby people toes. eat babies. Yeah. <laughs> but who are we to judge? Religious culture should be free. Takes all kinds. To do whatever they want. Takes all kinds. Uh, um, so this blood libel against Jews is like a regular conspiracy theory that just trends every once in a while. Like, it comes wow, up can't wait. pretty regularly throughout history. I feel like we're due. Mm-hmm. Well. It's coming. That'll be Trump's next tweet. I was going to say, Trump, If you've Trump, visited Trump. 4chan ever, <laughs> we're good. We've reached our quota for this millennia. By the way, don't ever visit 4chan, you guys. <laughs> no. It's such a bad idea. Stick with Reddit. It's as deep mm-hmm. as you need to go. Yeah, it's <laughs> deeper than I need to go. Pinterest um, is about as deep as I go. <laughs> Facebook. LinkedIn. <laughs> LinkedIn you is way deeper mom. than 4chan, okay? I don't think my mom even goes on LinkedIn. My dad used to all the time. I feel like all of my old LinkedIn alerts are like from my dad from beyond the grave. Oh He's been God. trying to get in touch with me, but I lost my password, so I haven't been able to Link communicate with, with him from beyond the grave. It's the only way. <laughs> Screw a Ouija board. He needs LinkedIn to communicate with you. <laughs> oh my god that would so be my dad's move if he was gonna try to contact me it would be via like PM a very professional email or via linkedin i'd like to dad connect if with you can you. hear me i lost my password contact me any other way flicker the lights <laughs> get too creeped out you just click i don't know this person <laughs> blocks them <laughs> I blocked the ghost of my dead dad on LinkedIn. Oh. <laughs> Lifetime movie. Okay, anyway. Some more historical precedents for these fucking moral panics. Uh, the witch hunts in the soon-to-be United States of the 16th and 17th centuries, and also all mm. over the world all the time, because people hate mm. witches, right. I guess. I don't know. And women. Fucking yeah. women. People hate women. Ugh. And ancestors of Kenyan Lang. 
And yeah. people hate them. A couple of men were uh, killed for witchcraft uh, during the Salem witch trials, though, too. Yeah, like John Proctor. What? Eh. I don't know. Okay. I think there anyway. were like two. Anyway. I t- Goody Proctor? I took a Goody Proctor. <laughs> I took I took a whole semester on the Salem witch trial, like Salem witch trials literature. I just remember that oh, Giles Corey was crushed to death with stones. Mm. Mm. That's what I love so much about the movie The Witch is that they actually used <gasps> to create the dialogue for that entire film. It's like ninety nine percent actual transcript from like original witch trials. I had to it's turn so on cool. the subtitles. I couldn't understand a fucking word, but that uh, is the scariest movie I've ever so seen in my life. What? I fucking what movie? love it. It's called The Witch, the witch, witch. but it's spelled yeah. Vitch. Vivich. <laughs> spelled with like two Vs. <laughs> Not a Vivich. Not a Vivich. <laughs> <laughs> it's seriously really, really fucking scary. You should watch it. It's amazing. Okay. Um, so cannibalism, incest, torture, baby killing, orgies, etc. are all pretty standard allegations mm-hmm. in these moral panics. Fucking uppity. Ugh. Ugh. Moral people. Ugh. <laughs> Um, fuck them. <clears throat> fuck them. So the moral panic in the later half of the 20th century in the United States started as a 1980 book called Michelle Remembers. And it was basically, Ugh. it was written as a nonfiction book studying the quote unquote recovered memory of a woman uh, and it was written by her psychologist, her psychiatrist, who put her under hypnosis, and she allegedly remembered all this, these satanic rituals and all this abuse that she mm-hmm. underwent as a child at the hands of her mother. But then, like, like crazy, crazy shit. The grossest mm-hmm. part is uh, th- the patient and the doctor ended up marrying each other. Ooh. So to me, Ta- that just discredits the whole fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, mommy yeah. don't fucking mommy like you. Don't like you. You can't no. lead a moral panic and then break like one of the two rule, like ethical mm-hmm. rules of being a doctor, which is like mm-hmm. don't intentionally kill anyone and don't fuck your patient. Well, as Harvey right. Weinstein has taught us, the rules were God different back then. Oh dear God, son of a bitch. Fuck that motherfucker. Uh, so some of these quote-unquote facts in this book about quote-unquote recovered memory uh, <laughs> have I love this since been debunked because recovered memory is not ultra-reliable. Um, yeah, that's not to say that it doesn't, that it isn't real, but it's very hard to it's hard prove, to, I guess, A lot of it can be word. suggested. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I don't think that yeah, I mean, I am not a psychologist, but it's really easy to debunk. And the amount of mm-hmm. information that this Michelle uh, said she remembered is, it's just outrageous. So basically. I have such a hard time with it, too, because these victims are already in such a vulnerable state. And absolutely, sometimes I think this is legit, but I also think more often than not, they are falling victim to you know, uh, someone in a position of power who is guiding their memory for their own specific gain. I think it's kind of a sick thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not only did they write just... a book together and they got married later, the whole situation mm-hmm. is just kind of weird. 
Yeah, and memory can be so easily distorted just by time. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Too. So even if there's no nefarious anything going on by either the patient or the clinician, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, memory itself is like a very fluid thing that... I need someone to help me recover the memory of what I ate yesterday that's giving me these horrible farts <laughs> because they didn't come from nowhere and I'm coming up empty. Well, I mean, like psychologically speaking, all a memory is is recalling the last time you recalled that same memory. So right. it's just it's like a it's game an of echo telephone of an in your echo own brain. of an echo yeah. of an echo. So that's mm. why eyewitness accounts in trials uh, at least shouldn't hold the same weight as other evidence. Right. Because especially if you've gone through rounds and rounds of questioning by police and suggestions and, you know, whatever. A lot of time has passed. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's that book came out in 1980 and it was really popular. So that kind of started stirring the pot as far as uh, satanic rituals go. And then, you guys are going to like this. In 1983, stop me if this is either of your cases, there were accusations of ritualistic abuse at the McMartin Preschool in... No, oh, but I know all about this, but no. Not my case. McMartin Preschool... This case is like... This was... This case is huge. It was huge. Uh, In Manhattan Beach, California, against numerous members of the McMartin family who ran the preschool. And these... Accusations led to six years of criminal trials that cost $15 million, which was the longest wow. and the most expensive trial in U.S. history, and it ended up with zero convictions. Mm-hmm. The charges mm-hmm. were dropped in 1990. So Yeah, there's no forensic evidence okay, in this case. It gets so None. fucking loony. A mm-hmm. woman named Judy Johnson alleged that her son had been sodomized by her estranged husband and also by a man named Ray Bucky, who was a teacher at the preschool and the grandson of the owner, Virginia McMartin. Johnson Mm -hmm. dreamed up this bullshit when her son began having painful bowel movements. Shut up. That is literally what started this. Instead of focusing on what was medically probably going on with her kid... Which is probably that he was fucking dehydrated. Mm-hmm. But also, if he... I mean, I don't know Jesus how young this Christ. child was, but he very well could have been in a diaper. The fuck do right. you know this bowel movements are painful? Uh, preschool, typically you have to be potty trained to go. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I know not nothing daycare. about children. I got but you. It, it could be from diet, you know? Like yeah, it could be could anything. He could have, like, too much or too little fiber in his diet. Oh, mm-hmm. don't even... Yeah. Don't even go down this road because it gets fucking worse. It Great. like the bowel movements may never have happened. Uh, <laughs> she also said that the McMartins had sex with animals, which was oh, just sure. fucking out of nowhere. Of course. Um, the fucking cops then sent a letter to all of the parents of the 200 some children who attended that school saying that their children may or may not have been molested. Before they even did a real investigation into this? They arrested Ray Bucky, and they didn't have enough to, like, keep him or hold him him because there was literally no evidence. But just as a a safety measure, they sent out a letter, and I read parts of it. It basically was 
encouraging the parents to ask their children if there were any, if there was anything fishy going on or if anyone touched them inappropriately, but not to tell anyone else in the community. Oh my God. So like, keep it quiet because this is a very emotionally volatile thing to talk about, but ask your preschool aged children if they've been sodomized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And be panicked because you're a parent and that this is now a possibility in your brain. So be exactly. totally... Oh God. So yeah. Judy Johnson was later hospitalized for acute paranoid schizophrenia. And in mm. 1986, she was found dead in her home from complications of chronic alcoholism. I wonder why. This, Self-medicating. This was the woman who started all of this. Dreamed Good it God. up. Um, so the Wait, cop- so she died before the trial was finished? Yep. Ugh. And they still kept going. Yeah, because the cops interviewed the children, which, mm-hmm. you know, eye roll. Always that can such never a good idea. end well. And in the end, stated that they thought 360 children had been abused. That is insane. What the living mm-hmm. fuck? This is some Brendan Dassey bullshit. Like, you take advantage of a brain that is not capable of separating what you're saying from reality. Mm -hmm. And if you give even close to a leading question, they're just trying, they're just going to do what they think they're supposed to do because a police officer is talking to them. And that's exactly what one of the children who was interrogated, and that's what it was, uh, when he grew up, and re- like recalled that experience, he would say, if I didn't give them the answer that they wanted, they would keep asking me, and I felt really weird, so eventually I just gave them the answer that they wanted, and yeah, I lied. Yup. But yep. yeah, because they're they're really young kids, so yeah. and they just want to get back to playing and get you to well, shut so, the fuck up, right? And they don't want to get in trouble. You're grown yeah. up, learning that like the police. Basically, right. run everything yeah. and are right all the time, and you need to respect police and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And they're fucking kids, so they have no scope of the world. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's so <laughs> fucked up, so fucked up. So the kids th- didn't the accusations get like really insane though that there were like secret. It was a witch trial. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. <clears throat> okay, so the kids said said that they saw witches, that they like flew around with the witches, that they traveled in hot air balloons, that they went in underground tunnels where they were abused in like underground caverns, and there was actually oh a fucking excavation, multiple excavations under the school to find these so called tunnels, and they obviously so found yet nothing. There are millions of untested rape kits just sitting on shelves mm-hmm. not being right. looked at. Well, there exactly. weren't in and the 80s. 15 million dollars <laughs> later with yeah. no convictions. Uh-huh. Like, can we pick a fucking useful rabbit hole that we can travel down Some of, with, mm-hmm. like, domestic abuse and sexual assault and, like, I don't mm-hmm. know, believing women and, like, trans people of color? I don't know. Some of That's the, just yeah. me. Some, uh, well, I, okay, so I will get to a little bit more of this later, but at during this time in the mid 80s, the uh, Justice Department was kind of ramping up its uh, like investigations of alleged child abuse and sexual mm-hmm. assault and abductions and stuff. So, again, I'll get to this more, but it was on the forefront of everybody's minds. Everybody thought there was a lot more creepy shit going on than there actually was because right. they were investigating yeah. all of this horrifying shit that really does happen. 
as far as sex rings and stuff, but they didn't know sure. at the time like where where the line of obviousness could be Plausibility, drawn. Plausibility, yeah. Plausibility. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the children ID'd Chuck Norris as the abuser when given a photo oh. lineup. Makes sense. Uh-huh. We Kid- have the same chiropractor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, some kids say guy. I love that detail about your life. God, that's like my favorite. Some kids said they were flushed down the toilet into dungeons. Um, some been there. Some kids referred to the quote "naked movie star" game, which, like, I think throughout the trial, somebody brought up the fact that you'll probably recognize this like teasing childhood rhyme that says, "What you say is what you are." You, you're, you're a, a naked, naked movie, movie star. star. Yeah. Yeah. This is basically describing, like, my last experience on hallucinogenic drugs. Like, being flushed <laughs> out of toilet, <laughs> hanging out with Chuck Norris. Sodomized in an underground <laughs> cavern? Okay, not that okay. part. <laughs> but as reliable. Riding around with witches. <laughs> as my experience. Um, so yeah, that's fucked up. And again, there were zero convictions. It was just a long drawn out bullshit trial that should have never had happened in the first place. That's Ugh, insane. I feel so bad for those people. Uh, never own a daycare. It's just way more hassle than it sounds well, like. Well, right. at least they were Unless it's for dogs and cats. At least they weren't mm-hmm. convicted because I'm not going right. to go super into this because everybody knows about this case. And if you don't, you need to watch one of the thousands of documentaries and movies about it. Uh, the West Memphis mm-hmm. Three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in 1993, three teens were accused of murdering three younger boys as part of a cult ritual. I almost covered this. I'm glad I didn't, mm-hmm. but I almost did. It's such mm-hmm. an interesting, it's crazy. heartbreaking story. Um, mm-hmm. So the cops had this whole story all lined up with absolutely no evidence. They just crafted this mm-hmm. whole timeline, whatever. And then during the trial and like when they were lining out their evidence, they just kept going back to the fact that these teenagers listened to heavy metal. Yep. And so yeah. along with some bullshit forensics, that was enough to sentence... Damien Eccles to death, Jesse oh Miss Kelly Jr. to life plus 40 years, and Jason Baldwin to life in prison. Um, oh my God. They, so sad. In two, and they're kids. They are fucking children. Teenagers. And in 2010, I think, uh, they took a this weird plea deal, like kind of loophole where they could make a plea deal but still maintain their innocence. Um, mm-hmm. In order to get out, and like along with some new forensic DNA evidence, the judge granted them their freedom in 2011. So Thank they God. are all out of prison now, fortunately. But I mean, they've spent. But they spent almost 10 years in there. More so than that, sad. yeah, yeah. From oh, from ninety four were, were to two thousand eleven. I think they. Yeah, it was 93 okay, to 2011, okay. so, you know, math magic. It's a long time. That's fucking crazy. 18 years. <laughs> there we go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, if you haven't heard of this case or you haven't seen these movies, you have to watch <clears throat> Paradise Lost. I think there's three mm-hmm. Paradise Losts, and it's like a documentary that uh, goes through the whole thing. It started in the 90s when they were first uh, yeah. brought to trial, so... And there's another movie called West of Memphis, and then there's a fictional like f- film called The Devil's Knot. But there's tons mm-hmm. of movies Garlic and documentaries. Knot. 
The Devil's Garlic Knots without cheese. Without <laughs> cheese. The Devil's Garlic Knots would be without cheese, though. Yeah, really. Yeah. They That's would. a world I don't want to live without in. Without cheese mm-hmm. or marinara. Suck it, Ms. Conti. Yeah, Kant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kant. <laughs> Okay. Uh, can we just scrap this episode and do more beyond stupid occult yeah. crimes? <laughs> My shit's nice. so heavy, I'm like afraid. Okay, so just a little bit more. Um, there's an actual VHS tape called The Law Enforcement Guide to Satanic Cults, and I've seen a clips VHS of it. VHS yeah. tape? Well, it was in like the 90s or the 80s or something. Please tell me it's at least on Laserdisc by now. Well, there are a bunch of homophobic, quote-unquote, experts that, like, show how to decipher graffiti and, like, simulate building an altar so that police will recognize it if they see it at a crime scene. If someone can please develop a sound effect for a fucking eye roll, I could really Mm -hmm. use that in editing. Thank you. No. Too jovial. I need it to be a lot more bitter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Um, Something along the lines of, So there we go. There we go. Nailed it. So this uh, instructional video suggests that there is an unseen war between good and evil that we can't see that our children are being sacrificed for. And the police use this? Um, it's not clear if any police units actually use this as a training video, but probably. It's out there. My friend's yeah. a cop, I'm finding out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so this craze was definitely rooted in American pop culture. There was mm-hmm. heavy metal, and this sort of started, the, you know, the rumors where people thought playing the records backwards had evil messages mm-hmm. in them. And that very much mm-hmm. preceded the, like, whole satanic panic of the 80s like i feel yeah, like that this was, was more in the 60s yeah that this was, was like, very much bubbling in the 60s and yep. i was reading a little bit about it today from for my case about how like some of this was media frenzy about women going and entering the workforce and like leaving their kids to their own mm-hmm. devices and then oh. their children being susceptible to all kinds of bad behavior and like it's a fucking patriarchy bullshit thing. It's it's the modern witch hunt of like the 60s. Yep. Women yeah. should remain in the home to protect their children and mm-hmm. if they go to work then they're not seeing these I'm sorry, I'm already drunk so I'm like fucking ranting right now. They're not seeing their kids <laughs> kids like getting yeah. into these you know falling in with a bad crowd and yep. worshiping satan and blah 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 i mean it basically like, boils fuck everything it basically boils down to culture wars and i think mm-hmm. that that really ramped up like 50s and beyond mm-hmm. like the the disparity between the generations has just been amplified since then because think yeah. about it before the 20th century most generations behaved and conducted their lives in kind of the same way. I right. mean, there's the not a lot of difference. Family, yeah. Very, very rooted in routine. Mm-hmm. Even like the wage gap was much smaller. It's just everything is amplified these days. Yep. So the good old days. Oh, the good old days. <laughs> so some other uh, pop culture that had an effect on this morality crisis. Uh, some f- like fantasy role playing games, like Dungeons and Dragons, sort of brought yes. brought that occult into 
I like was gonna talk Mattel about that. board games. Yeah. To, uh, yeah. Love it. Um, whole, the, the, we have two Ouija boards at my job, and both of them are manufactured by Mattel. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't they all? Who manufactures yeah. the Jumanji board? I don't know, but my friend and also colleague and also boss is like having a Ouija board or like got a Ouija board that was made out of the wood from like a burned down cottage of like old witch. No. Like where witches lived in old Salem and I cannot wait to touch it and be destroyed forever. You'll be haunted. Guys, I, I want to like be possessed. It. Hashtag possessed Dan. Cleanse that shit with salt. <laughs> cleanse it with sage no, and salt. We'll cleanse that. I want it in my home. I want it everywhere. I will in my never. Life. It sounds so enter cool. your home again. I'm not gonna tell you if and when I get it. Okay, so horror mm. movies. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of horror movies no, in no, the eighties. Uh, uh, talk shows fanned the allegorical flames of this uh-huh. phenomenon. I watched a clip from a er- really early Oprah show where she had like a satanic cult leader on the show and some random dude from the audience stood up and said, hey, I've been, I was in a satanic cult and we ended up killing someone. And they're what? like, Great. well, uh, that, uh, Ooh, like, did we'll you, be right back. <laughs> yeah. No, she, like, interviewed <laughs> him. She's like, how did you kill her? Were you arrested? Did you tell the police? She, like, interviewed this audience member. It's fucking Because weird. Oprah's a fucking queen. <laughs> She's a badass. God bless her. Um, so this cultural paranoia similar to McCarthyism. And again, it was mm. just culture wars between generations is really what it boils down to. Uh, there were several factors that sociologists say gave rise to this modern moral panic. Uh, like like I said before, in the 80s, the Justice Department was increasing attention to the child abuse, abductions, pornography cases. So those types of things were already in the headlines quite a bit. Um, well, they had to redirect all their hitchhiking dollars. Exactly. Right. Propaganda money. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> But they were every every giant craze has like this creepy. I mean, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but anything that becomes sensationalized in the media, I tell you what, money is going toward perpetuating those themes and exposing mm-hmm. that to more people. I mean, I and think just follow the money, people. I think the follow the money. The difference is these child pornography rings were real fucking things. Of course. Whereas the hitchhiking thing, at least at the time when the FBI got involved. (laughs) Oh, bless you. Oh, my God. Your sneeze is so cute. That was funny. (laughs) I can't even edit that out. (laughs) I love it. Uh, But at least when the FBI was involved with hitchhiking. I'm so drunk already. It was just sort of to, like, stoke the coals, you know. It really wasn't an issue. It was more of a... We want right, you to it didn't buy start cars. Start with like a real thing, right. yeah. Because fucking GM owned everything. God bless. But um, there was also like new psycho psychotherapy techniques, like we talked about the repressed memory and the hypnotism, mm-hmm. and PTSD was just starting to like become a thing become that people thing. talked about. Yeah. Um, become recognized. There was some. There was the survivor movement, quote unquote. So a lot of people like. You know, we're coming up and saying that they were healing because of these things. So they were mm-hmm. dredging up all of these memories and et cetera. Oh, yeah. Um, fundamental mm-hmm. Christianity and the moral majority as political entities were starting to take hold of 
culture and politics at this time. And now they're completely in control. Yep. So thanks yeah. a lot, fucking Reagan. Uh, the Church of Satan was started and freaked out a lot of squares. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like the most peaceful fucking group of, quote, religious people well, on planet Earth. The, and I kind of went down the rabbit hole a little on Satanism, and I won't really go into it too much, but there are basically two sects. One of them is theistic Satanism, where you're, mm-hmm. like, worshipping the enti- the deity of Satan himself. Yep, yep. And, the devil, yep. And the other is atheistic Satanism, which basically mm-hmm. just embraces, like, carnal humanity. It's super chill. It's super it's chill. It's like the like chillest I'm, I'm a little bit religious group. Oh, I am 100% Sorry, an atheistic Satanist. Don't tell my dad. <laughs> like, this is the only crew of religious people that I could ever be down with. They're like, really cool. Like, they're the cool. chillest folks ever. Yeah. It's just a bunch of fucking hippies that, like, love eyeliner. Yep. Mm-hmm. And candles. And candles. It's so safe. God damn it. I have three candles going right now on my desk. Oh, I am in the dark lamps. except for my twinkly lights. Um, so just uh, the last thing that sociologists can kind of attribute to this panic was there there was also an anti-cult movement as well which Mm -hmm. rejected new religious movements and attributed them to brainwashing and other pathological scapegoats basically Mm -hmm. so they 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 were basically saying if you are not part of an established like major religion then you're a fucking nutcase and we're gonna call it a cult period well and this was actually like I don't know if this was their intent or if this was a counterproductive issue, but this whole, like, religious, especially Christian churches were doing this counter-cult bullshit, and it was, they were churning out this crazy propaganda. Again, this was also happening in the late 60s, like I mentioned before, with the emergence of, like, women in the workforce, and it was having kind of a reverse effect in a lot of ways, because people were not fucking having it and on the one hand people were not fucking having it on the other hand it was like creating this level of fear that everything that people didn't understand and everything that scared people was immediately now oh you're part of a satanic cult because Mm -hmm. i've been seeing nothing but this fucking christian propaganda Mm -hmm. this anti-cult propaganda about satanism and blah 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 it like did more harm than good to do that fucking anti-cult movement because it freaked people the fuck out. Yeah. And religious institutions were saying, if you're not on board with what we're doing, then you're basically part of this really heinous, fucked up thing. And it was mm-hmm. freaking people out. Totally. And people yeah. were connecting the dots between all of these things that really had nothing to do with each other. But mm-hmm. it was it was formulating in people's minds where it... Uh, people just start, you know, the conspiracy theories. I don't necessarily blame people for getting that fucking freaked out. But really, looking back, you can see that they're not related. And that they should have been a mm-hmm. little bit more chill about it. Completely. Live and mm-hmm. let live, right? That said, should we talk about Talkspace? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> they're going to pull their advertising. <laughs> it's going to happen any day, you guys. <laughs> oh, 
Oh my God. Oh well, my God. okay. To start us off, I've been reading some posts that people have, uh, like tweets that they've, uh, tweeted <laughs> or posts in our Facebook. Some in tweets our, that have tweeted. In our Facebook happy hour group. <laughs> um, a lot of people have been mentioning Talkspace and just how much they love it. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. people have been checking it out, giving it a go. And we've heard nothing but positive feedback and, the three of us have checked it out too, mm-hmm. and it could Amazing. not be more convenient. It could not be easier to use, and it's truly yeah. helpful. It you can really design it to cater to exactly what you need, when you need it, and how often you let's, need it. Let's say what it is. Let's Talk say space it. Well, is an online therapy company. They know what it is by now. No, they don't. <laughs> Some folks are just joining us. It's an online <laughs> therapy. Kenyon, you just say it. It's it's online therapy. (laughs) It's an online therapy company that makes it convenient, easy, and affordable. This is from memory to Mm -hmm. connect you with a qualified licensed therapist. And you can um, text, uh, call, video video chat chat your Mm -hmm. therapist. Um, and it's way more affordable than traditional, like in-person talk therapy sessions. You guys, uh, yeah. I have done two things this month to improve my health, both body and mind. I joined a gym and what? I joined Talkspace. Yeah. yeah, girl. And you know what? Literally the only reason I could afford to join a gym and I'm not fucking making this up like dan and i have gone together there are there i'm probably on a camera somewhere i went to the <laughs> gym you, you guys <laughs> the only reason i could afford to do both is because talk space is so affordable it's 30 bucks a week and literally for an entire month of talk space even with my insurance it was less expensive than one session with a licensed therapist mm-hmm. So I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I want to be able to contact my therapist at any time without being billed for every fucking, you know, character that I send them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes things pop up in your everyday life and you just need to talk to someone. And it's literally therapy on your phone, in your pocket. It's amazing. And And we're offering this fucking kick-ass promo code that gets you 30 bucks off your first month. So if you go to Talkspace.com forward slash gals, G-A-L-S, and sign up that way, you're going to save a little bit of money. And I got to say, the only difference between Talkspace and traditional therapy is that it's not face-to-face. And personally, mm-hmm. that's a big perk in my book. I love Huge. it. <laughs> you don't I need to it. get Huge out of bed. Perk. You don't need to leave your house. You don't no, need to if, c- talk to someone to their fate. Like, if I'm I going to the that. fucking gym, that is the only excursion I am <laughs> capable of making. Mm-hmm. I am texting my therapist from the elliptical mm-hmm. being like, I can't do this. My body image issues are overwhelming. <laughs> Please help oh, no. me. And she, say, she <laughs> says, just another half mile to go. You got it. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, Talkspace is amazing. Go to Talkspace.com forward slash gals for $30 off your first month. Okay. Please do it. You won't regret it. (laughs) On February 7th, 1981, so I guess my case aligns more with Satanic Panic than I thought. It does. Oh, Um, it does. does. Leroy Carter Jr., a 29-year-old homeless military vet. Oh, God. Uh, God bless the vitamins. Oh, man. The vitamins. 
was in Golden Gate Park in San Francisco looking for a place to sleep. To mm-hmm. rest his weary head. Oh. Weary head. Uh, weary. Um, Golden Gate Park is next to San Francisco's famous slash infamous uh, Haight-Ashbury neighborhood. This sounds okay. like a Bob Dylan song already. Yeah. <laughs> well, Leroy Carter Jr. <laughs> yeah. is looking for One a place to rest his weary Golden hill. Gate Park. <laughs> Just throw in something about fucking Duluth, Minnesota, and we're all over this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Continue. Okay. <laughs> like so. a rolling stone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Is Bob the, Dylan alive? Because I feel like his know. spirit. Just okay. he is alive. He has a show coming up. Sorry. Yeah, he's I'm barely he's alive. Petty. Okay. His animated corpse will be on stage somewhere in the vicinity of Minnesota yeah, at some sure. point. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm one <laughs> sentence in. So, <laughs> in the in the 1960s, the Hate Ashbury neighborhood was like the hippie hub. Hollow. Um, and then by the 1970s, it actually became like a really rough area known for like hard drugs and homelessness and crime. Because marijuana is so, a gateway drug. Well, it's not, not really. Not. <laughs> it's not not, but it's also, I don't buy that. It's for sure a gateway drug. Yeah. I, I did a lot of shit before marijuana became part of my routine, so I don't know. It's not not a gateway drug. <laughs> it's a golden gateway drug. So good. It's also awesome. Okay. It's a gateway medication. Oh my god, mom, turn this off. <laughs> Don't tell my dad. <laughs> On LinkedIn. Oh, um, the ghost of my dad would be so disappointed. <laughs> okay, Leroy <laughs> settled on a spot near the park's Alford Lake, uh, unfurled his sleeping bag, and shut his eyes. Little did he know they would never reopen. Oh my god. <gasps> oh my god. I was, You're so histrionic. I was already a little bit drunk and really, really <laughs> tired when I started my notes. Fucking drama queen. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> so bear with me. Okay. Um, also, technically, his eyes probably like briefly reopened because he was like brutally murdered and it's got to be like painful. So he probably like opened them like for like a second and then was like, but you get the drift. Like as a Let's body be reaction. <laughs> As your body's <laughs> shutting down. There was a flicker. There was a... They there fluttered. Was an I've, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the next day, police were summoned to the park because uh, the headless body of Leroy Carter Jr. Jesus. had been found. Were his eyes still open? Wrapped. Oh. Headless. Oh, I thought they found the head. Okay. <laughs> nope. So uh, still wrapped in his sleeping bag. Jesus. Even stranger than the decapitation, which is pretty fucking strange. Um, also, the decapitation appeared to have been made with like a really precise, skilled cut, like a very clean cut. It was the Black Dahlia. 
<laughs> so mm. it wasn't it wasn't like some sort of like act of rage or weird accident. It was like obviously a homicide and like a strange one. Mm. Okay. Um, also strange was the fact that a chicken wing and two corn cobs were found stuffed in the neck stump. <gasps> Stop. That's literally <laughs> what I had. That is what I had for dinner the other night. <laughs> Corn chicken, and chicken. chicken. Out of the neck stump? I mean, it went through my neck stump. <laughs> Good God. I'm really identifying with this case. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, several mutilated funny. chickens were also found nearby, strewn some 50 yards away. Were those chickens related to the chicken wing in his gullet? They believe so, yes. So it wasn't like a fried, delicious chicken wing? No. Okay. It was not a cooked chicken. That's not what I ate for dinner then. Yeah. Um, While investigators were able to easily identify the corpse as that of Leroy, thanks to fingerprints, because he had been homeless for a while, and also he had... He was a veteran, so his fingerprints were, like, definitely on file. So they were able to identify the corpse even without the head. Um, They searched in vain for one missing piece of evidence. Oh, my God. The head. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, To see if Um, his eyes were open. (laughs) Yes, that's all they cared about was the eyes. (laughs) The eye bit. Um... It appeared that some sort of strange ritual had taken place, but as to the nature of it, the San Francisco Homicide Squad uh, were stumped. <laughs> <laughs> that is bad. You're, you were just <laughs> so yesterday, so yesterday. You were empowered by, that is Hillary Duff? Yeah, that is <laughs> not is? Avril. But if oh the light God. is off, then it isn't on. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> if the stump is off, then it isn't on. If the head is off, then it isn't on. <laughs> Kenyon's just been empowered by her Avril Levine shtick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Eventually, the homicide squad brings in Sergeant Sandy Gallant. Gallant? Mm. I don't know. I'm, I think I'm going to go with Gallant. Okay. Perfect. Um, uh, to assist with the investigation, Gallant had been involved in a previous high-profile cult case. You might have heard of it. The Jonestown mass murder-suicide. No, do tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she was an expert in cults, witchcraft, the occult mm-hmm. um satanism and santeria i don't practice santeria mm, and there i don't have no crystal ball <laughs> i have a million or like that carlos santana album two corn cobs okay um <laughs> in my neck he'd cut his head off Okay, so Santeria is often characterized as a form of voodoo. Um, It was originally a religion brought to the Caribbean and then eventually the United States by West African Yoruba-speaking slaves. Um, Santeria directly translates to saint worship, Mm -hmm. and this is because 
Uh, slaves were only able to carry on their religious traditions by masking them in the symbology of Catholicism. Wow. That so makes they a basically, lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't that make a lot more sense? Yeah. That makes so, so much fucking sense. I never even thought about that before because I'm a privileged white piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> God damn yes. it. We fucking ruined everything. We really did. For people of color. Are. We, Don't worry, we still are. It it's still going on. on and on to this day. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Um, I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> is Santeria related to voodoo? Or is it sort of like the same type of effect in two different religions and cultures? I think they're similar, but they're not the same thing. Um, so voodoo, I feel like... I think there's a lot of similarities in the practices and like some of the rituals and the uh-huh. candles and the herbs and the even like casting spells via like what we now call voodoo dolls. Mm-hmm. I think all of that happens in Santeria as well. But Santeria is also like a lot of people who practice Santeria. <laughs> um, <laughs> Have a I don't ball. practice Santeria. <laughs> um it's it's become not mainstream, but it's become pretty like sanitized and safe. Mm-hmm. Sure. Now, so it really is just like lighting candles and sprinkling some herbs and having some like funkier than normal rosary beads and <laughs> whatever. And Carlos Santana's hit album. I yeah. have rosary beads with a haunted baby doll arm coming out of them. So yeah. So that's probably that. I'm wearing um, them right now. You're haunted. Also, you're haunted. Also, I'm super not an expert, if you couldn't tell from that totally bumbled response. <laughs> um, <laughs> death so, reply. <laughs> okay. Um, da, da, da. There are stores, uh, especially in San Francisco, uh, that sell these Santeria ritualistic objects like candles and whatever. Uh, and special herbs and blah, blah, blah. And they're called Botanicos, and they're, like, popular tourist stops. Okay. Okay. And a lot of Santeria rituals involve sacrificing chickens. Like, there'll be some animal sacrifice, and chickens just tend to be the easiest. Um, But, or, like, goats or whatever. But a lot of, like, cities have more restrictive health codes about like larger animals and so it's much easier to get away with sacrificing a chicken. Oh, you can you're... fucking have chickens in Minneapolis mm. in your yard. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's easier to have sacrifice. Than a cat. No. Human sacrifice is rare. <laughs> rare or like medium rare. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cooked to order. Ooh, human sacrifice, <laughs> cook to order. So, Sergeant Gallant uh, studies the evidence, hypothesizes that the murder was likely linked to the religious cult of Palo Mayombe. Okay. Um, you really nailed it. You sound so <laughs> South African. It's because she's it slurring. Not South she's African. So, I know. She's so tired. <laughs> okay. It's similar to Santeria in its history in that it was, like, brought to the Caribbean and the U.S. by African slaves, but they were <clears throat> slaves from a different region. They're from the Congo, and so they okay. spoke a different language and practi- had different religious practices, but then 
over time, they it started to like be similar to Santeria, but Palo Mayombe is a little bit darker and more secretive and much smaller and less like widely practiced than Santeria. Okay. Okay. It's creepier so, then, is what you're it's saying. Cre- way cre- it's like way creepier. Okay. Um, so uh, Gallant predicted that Leroy's head had been taken to be used in concocting a magical brew for a ritual. Oh, God. <gasps> and so this is how she, this is how it works, and this is what she predicted was happening. So for 21 days, the believer would cook the dead man's brains along, along with possibly his ears and eyes in a cauldron. Cook it Plot for it. 21 Continue. days. It's like a reduction. That's yeah. It's a reduction. Yeah. No, it's yeah. like a it's like a fucking pastrami. Takes weeks. <laughs> you're not cooking a it though. You're curing it. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think anyone is gonna eat it. Oh. Says no- you. <laughs> Bitch, you don't know how I live. Maybe. Well, they're trying <laughs> I don't to make know it. How you live. They're making a soup, basically a it brew. It sounds Some, delicious. So a twenty-one day soup. Eat it. So maybe somebody drinks it. Probably someone drinks it. I don't know. They didn't. She didn't have a prediction of what the ritual was specifically designed to do. You know, I'd yeah. throw some coriander mm. at it. Some cumin. Mm. Cumin definitely. Cumin some makes salt. anything edible. Yeah. Mm. Uh huh. Mm. Okay. Put it with some crispy okay. French bread. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm fucking that. starving. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for 21 days, they cook it in a cauldron. Then the Palo Mayombe priest of whatever the group is sure. would instruct believers to sleep alongside the head or what was left of it. Oh. Um and the cauldron for an additional 21 days as part of the ritual. So they cook so it for 21. 42 days yes. of insanity. So they're just exactly. letting it cool? I, for another 21 days? Is this in a, like a slow they're, cooker, like a crock pot? No, it's in a cauldron for the first 21. And then it's yeah. out exposed to the elements, but next to the believers that are napping. I'm just wondering or about maybe the heat element. For an additional 21. Is it over an open fire? It would scorch? I don't know. I have no... I don't even cook. I don't know. Lucy, um, your okay. questions are alarming. <laughs> I have to say many. the least. I, I know. have so many. <laughs> Okay, so Gallant therefore predicted, as you said, uh, that it would take about 42 days, this ritual. Okay? And she told the San Francisco Homicide Unit that Leroy's head would be returned by his killer or killers to the crime scene exactly 42 days after his murder because returning the head is a sacred part of the ritual. It's like how the ritual like is finished as you return the head to closure burial kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm following. So she was like, okay, on day 42, they're going to come back and bring back the head. So keep your eyes peeled. (laughs) Yeah. Unlike, unlike Leroy. Ick. That is the grossest <laughs> phrase in the English language, by the way. Keep your eyes yeah. peeled. I yeah. just recoil. I hate that phrase. Or by the skin of one's teeth. <laughs> but you know what, Lucy? What? 
It is what it is. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I also hate. You just got to keep your eyes peeled. I also hate you haven't reaching lived out until you've said it. <laughs> you haven't lived until you've had an eye peel. I'm gonna reach out <laughs> to someone because mm-hmm. I also hate that. And touch space. I just hate the phrase "reach okay. out." Reach out and talk space. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Shameless plug. Oh yeah. Okay. So, initially, Gallant's fellow homicide detectives did uh, not take her or her prediction seriously. Shocker. Mm. Uh, Despite having brought her onto the case specifically for her expertise. (laughs) God fucking damn it. Fucking patriarchy. They literally, like, flew her in because she was an expert on the occult. And she was like, yep, all signs point to the occult and specifically this super rare cult. (laughs) And they were like, you're crazy. Um, I feel like so many of our amazing listeners have been posting some really fucking gold fucking patriarchy shit Mm -hmm. in the wine club happy hour group. And I feel like this is pulled directly from one of the like BuzzFeed articles that was posted today. Why listen to me? You just hired me for this purpose. Because you just hired me because I fucking know more than you. She is Clarice (laughs) Starling who also got shut the fuck up. By oh my God. the people who hired her to solve like a crime. tweet about the costumes for Raiders of the Lost Ark to the woman who costumed Raiders of the Lost Ark that was like <laughs> mansplaining how wrong the fucking costumes were. Oh my God, it's so good. Oh my you gotta God. join Wine and Crime Happy Hour. There's so much funny shit in there. Jesus. I love it. It's my favorite. It's okay. my news source now. <laughs> okay, so they ignore her, but then eventually. Uh, they're frustrated because they don't have any leads. They have mm-hmm. nothing. There's like no forensic evidence besides what I mentioned at the scene. If, They've got nothing. If only someone could help us who's an expert in this field. Yeah. Right. With a penis. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, exactly. So they <laughs> at least give like a cursory nod to her theory and they attempted to stake out the scene on day 42. They okay. give her a sure, sure, sure. So if they could catch Apollo Mayombi practitioner returning the head, then they would be able to crack the case, you know, because mm-hmm. that person, even if they weren't the killer, they were involved in the crime, right? Was um, Chris, what's his name there? Like in To Catch a Predator? <laughs> no, Chris Matthews. Chris Matthews is just there. Someone shows up with a, like, gross, boiled down head skull. And a bunch of natty ice. It's like, so... Hey, you son, thought you were do you meeting know why a, I'm here? You thought you were meeting a headless corpse here, huh? <laughs> you know that headless corpse was only 15 years old? <laughs> Have a cookie. Only 21 days old. How's that cookie? <laughs> uh, okay. All right. <laughs> Sadly, uh, despite staking out the area, they didn't do like a full stakeout. They just basically posted like one or two cops there. So they didn't really take her seriously, but they had nothing else. So they posted like a couple people there, uh, didn't notice anyone returning to the park with a severed head. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. They were but not paying attention. I really wanted this to work out. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> a 
I need her. I put all to of my eggs one. into this basket. Okay. Into this severed head. <laughs> into this cauldron. <laughs> I put all my coriander into the skull. Into okay. this neck gap. <laughs> so all right. corn. She she gets her I told you so moment. Okay. Oh, Good. So, while the police didn't catch anyone in the act of returning to the scene of the crime, they did indeed find, on day 42, Leroy's head returned yes. to the park. Oh! On Thank day 42. Jesus! So, someone did return the head, and the cops just and didn't see it? they just see didn't it? see it. Yeah, they just missed it. Idiots. Sons of bitches. You lazy yep. sons of bitches. Take down the goddamn Frida sign. Frida sign, you lazy sons. <laughs> okay. It's unlikely that Leroy was specifically targeted, like, as an individual. Um, he was just simply in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like, they were probably out sure. hunting for someone that was homeless and more vulnerable and an easy target to murder and use in this ritual. That's so fucked um, up. And to this day, Leroy Carter Jr.'s murder remains unsolved. No. Oh, sons of a bitch. But Sandy uh, Gallant is considered to be a foremost expert on occult homicide and ritualistic practices. And she continues touring to this day, giving lectures on these topics. And this case. Oh, my God. Um, what a boss. And, I hope her yeah, last slide on her PowerPoint just says fucking patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> For just real. Fucking, Let's send her a just wine fucking glass. Listen yes. to me. Let's oh, send her a wine glass. We should just start sending them yeah, to like our feminist heroes. Hillary Clinton. <laughs> yeah. Can That's we true. get her address? I'm in. Sandy okay. Gallant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Oprah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Leroy was later buried in Arlington National Cemetery in recognition of his military service. God My bless My grandfather the is buried there. Nice. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Guys, so that is my case. I love it. I love it. this case. Like, I hate it, <laughs> but I love it. It was pretty good. Yep. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so for my case, a yeah. couple things to know. One, I'm hammered. Yes. Two, <laughs> My notes are handwritten because, sorry, boss, I snuck them in a little bit at work. Three, <laughs> I can't see very well. So here we go. Cover one eye. No, I need both. Oh, that works when you're drunk. So I'm going to take you to the 1970s, and mm. we are going to visit the once prosperous textile city of Fall River, Massachusetts. Mm. which mm. at the time had been hit very hard by the recession in the late 60s. Um, abandoned buildings in town made for kind of the perfect hideaways for, like, debaucherous activities. Oh, mm. That sounds awesome. Yep. Yep. It does. Between October 1979 and February 1980, two local sex workers had been killed... Um, bound, raped, tortured, yeah. and bludgeoned to death. Less yeah, the story is cool. fucked. That took so a get ready. turn. Roll mm-hmm. fast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Skull and hair fragments of a third victim were found in a nearby forest, but these remains were not identified. 
The coverage Mm. of these crimes created a media and tabloid frenzy, which was Mm -hmm. kind of bringing up early ideas of satanic panic leading into the 80s and creating the Fall River cult murders sensation. So the Mm -hmm. body of the first victim was found exactly 38 years ago today. And I didn't know this when I picked my case. October 13th, 1979 was when this body was found. Friday the October 13th? I have no idea. Because that doesn't happen very often. Let's say yes. Let's say yes. Sure. Yes. Yes. It's fame. The last time we had an October 13th in the Octobers. We've haunted (laughs) ourselves so many times this episode. It's freaking me out. So the victim was, sadly, 17-year-old Doreen Levesque. I don't really know how to spell her last or pronounce. I know how to spell it. I don't know how to pronounce it. (laughs) Um, Who was a runaway who had been living in a New Bedford foster home. She ran away from that foster home um, Mm -hmm. and got into sex work and was discovered behind the... D- Demon Vocational High School. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce any of this, and I literally just Demon. texted my aunt like 10 minutes ago going, how do you pronounce this? It's pronounced she lives Demon. in fucking Massachusetts, and she was like, I don't know. <laughs> so Demon. Her wrists were bound with Worcester. fishing line. Worcester. Her wrists were bound with fishing line, and evidence of sexual assault were prevalent upon mm. her discovery. She had also been stabbed in the head multiple times and had several face and skull fractures. Mm. Stabbed in the head? That takes motivation. To cut a chicken. Yeah. Mm. She had been relying on sex work as her primary source of income, so police immediately suspected a client had committed Mm -hmm. this murder, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. But... The medical examiner was not convinced. Her injuries determined that multiple attackers had to have been responsible and suggested a ritualistic element to the crime, possibly mm. death by stoning, which <gasps> is a biblical way to no. kill people. Wouldn't you yep. know forensically if someone had been, like, stoned to death, like skull I mean, fractures and stuff? I think that's the point. I think they, they did determine oh yeah that that was the well, likely cause of death as as well as stabbing and fucking rape and torture it oh, was a lot as well of things Just so add, when add you come, that in there yeah when you combine all of these elements of a crime and all of the evidence on a body sometimes it can be hard to distinguish which one killed this person mm-hmm. was she killed because she was fucking stabbed in the head or was she killed because she was stoned like yeah, how can you tell? Yeah, or like, was it like a ritualistic stoning, or was mm. it like somebody was beating someone and they grabbed a rock and they precisely beat them with right? That? Mm-hmm. Yeah, was it one so, stone or many? Mm, well, we'll see. Yeah, the investigation took a turn that police never saw coming when they uncovered a criminal underbelly of Fall River, controlled by an alleged cult of devil worshippers who claimed mm. to take their directives from Satan himself, mm-hmm. who was rewarded 
by his followers in the form of ritualistic human sacrifice. Nice. So they were the theistic page. Satanists. Yep. Precisely. Okay. Hold on. I have to burp and there might be vomit. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Puke I swallowed free. it. Only, only a little vomit. <laughs> Sorry, flirty, and thriving. <laughs> <clears throat> and farting. And super farting, you guys. Flirty, flirty, and farting. (laughs) Only, this is, it's not funny. None of this is funny. This is serious. (laughs) Only a month after the young Doreen was discovered, 22-year-old Barbara Raposa was reported missing. She was also a sex worker on the same beat as Doreen, and the man who filed the report, Andy... Maltius? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's Maltese. what it is. <laughs> Claimed to be her boyfriend. Mentioned the possibility of a satanic cult with information on Doreen's murder and that he feared for Barbara's safety because he thinks the two are linked together and thinks that they were both subjects of the satanic cult. But this motherfucker was also a mentally unstable creep with a history of being a pedophile, sexual abuser. He's been accused of rape. I mean, like, this motherfucker was not someone who the police are going to be like, yeah, dude, we totally believe you. You've got a point. However. So so he was just, so his girlfriend was killed. No, his his girlfriend, his girlfriend was missing. Mm -hmm. He reported her missing. But he's okay. not a reliable source of information. Did Got it. And he's the one that said they might be linked? Yes. Okay. But again, this guy is a fucking creep. Mm-hmm. But to kind of show how desperate the police force was, they have zero leads to go on. So they're like, eh, fuck it. We're going to look into this and just see what's going on. Hmm. Rapist lead. That sounds great. They do... This is a lead, so we're Mm going to take it. Mm -hmm. They do a Mm -hmm. formal interview with this guy, Andy, and he claimed that he, Barbara, and Doreen were all practicing members of a Satanist cult. Um, They were all in this cult at the same time, and while he did not have any direct knowledge of the crime, he believed that the cult um, was responsible for both his girlfriend's disappearance and the death of Doreen. He then offered to arrange a meeting with two cult members two days later, and the police accept, and they meet with Karen Marsden and Robin Murphy. What the fuck? Okay, you can't what be the in a fuck? cult, the satanic, theistic, crazy murder cult, if your name is Karen. Uh. <laughs> you have to change your name to something, to well, like Ravenstar. She oh didn't change her Bethemal. name. And it kind of catches up with her. Oh, my God. Karen was also a runaway. She was a single mom. And at the time of all of this happening was only 20. She did have a history of drug use. She was a sex worker. And she was working prevalently in Fall River's red light district. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, again, all of this is kind of laced with some fucking patriarchy bullshit because most of the members of this cult, if it actually existed, were sex workers and pimps mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. were also involved in kind of an underground drug trade. So, like, a lot of this shit was really shady and the mm-hmm. police didn't inherently want to believe 
the testimony of these people. So just keep that in mind as we continue this story. Okay. Robin, on the other hand, was a fucking child at only 17 years old at the time this was all oh, happening. Goddamn she was also a sex him. worker and an aspiring pimp who was highly intelligent and had a, quote, domineering personality, which I can totally relate to. We're describing <laughs> Karen? Karen's an no, aspiring we, pimp? We described Karen, and now oh. we're describing Robin. <laughs> oh, Ro- Robin. Robin, Robin is a girl. This is very similar to Kenyon's political assassinations story. <laughs> is a Robin a man or a woman? <laughs> a woman. Okay. Both, okay. both, both identify as women and were assigned as women at birth. It's the only question I had, because in this era, a female pimp would be a little... uh, That's the only thing I tripped up on. Off the chain. Madam. A madam. The two were also roommates and lovers. Karen and Robin, roommates and lovers. All right, I like it. So, we have a meeting with police now with Karen and Robin, these these cult members, okay? Mm -hmm. During their meeting... Karen pointed the finger at a guy named Carl Drew, saying he had killed Doreen. Carl Drew is a notorious criminal. He has a huge fucking rap sheet. He's a pimp. He's involved in, you know, fucking peddling drugs. He's done a lot Mm. of shit in the Fall River area, okay? So he's already on the radar of the police. Yeah. Though he was Doreen's pimp, there is no forensic evidence or... Witness testimony that could link him to her killing. So a lot of shit is really confusing. Mm -hmm. As police get Karen talking more and more, they learn that her teenage lover, Robin Murphy, had a dark side. Mm. Apparently, Robin had been dabbling in the occult for some time, long before she became a sex worker in this red light district, she was already apparently interested in these kinds of things. She was described as her peers as being psychologically unstable and prone to violence. Dope. Robin had become the central (laughs) figure. Dope. I can relate. Soup's dope. Robin had become the central figure involved in the Fall River cult murders. But by now, it was January of 1980, and police have found Barbara Raposa, who we mentioned earlier, the second victim, mm-hmm. under eerily similar circumstances. Mm. God damn it, Karen. Mm-hmm. Yep, fucking Karen. Fucking but Karen. Mm-hmm. Maybe also not Karen. Maybe Robin. Who knows? <gasps> police first interviewed a man named, oh, who we mentioned earlier, Andy Maltias. Mm-hmm. who had been the one to report Barbara missing. He claimed to be her boyfriend, and he was the last known person to see her alive. Though he denied I any knowledge. Him. I don't trust him I either. either. I mean, like, that's the thing that sucks about this, is that, like, none of these people are trustworthy. They're I know. all fucking crazy. They're all red herrings. But anyway, mm-hmm. he's the last known person to have seen her alive, and though he denied any knowledge of the crime, he did... This is my favorite part of the whole thing. <laughs> he did call in a few days later, after his interview with police, to report a, quote, psychic vision of Barbara's murder that uh-huh. involved oh. very specific details of the crime. Oh, yep. fuck you. Police so entertained the idea. There are a lot idea. of, like... Police, I've heard 
numerous times that like the reason police who are like skeptical of psychic testimony will even like take those calls and like follow up on them and make notes of them is because they think that it's more often than not actual perpetrator. <laughs> yeah, that it's like people with like actual knowledge of the crime that don't right. want to explain uh, how they uh, have knowledge of the crime that are like, I had a dream. That's you're, super fair. You're either a I'm serial a, killer or an actual psychic. <laughs> I'm a very skeptical person, and I know I kind of mentioned this in our Angels of Death episode and maybe our cat. No, it was our catfishing episode. Um, oh, yeah, I the never, psychic case. That was crazy. Yeah, I've, I've never made a complete decision on where I stand on this whole psychic thing, the logical part of me wants to say it's all bullshit and it's a swindling technique. And I think in a lot of cases it is. But there have definitely been experiences in my life that have led me to believe that maybe one in a million people Mm -hmm. possess this kind of power. Yeah, I believe in it sometimes. I do. I, I, I don't do know how believe I in square it that with being an atheist, but I do. I believe right, in I, it wholeheartedly, but I also think that you should be very careful who you believe and who you mm-hmm. don't believe because I I honestly think there are people that have these abilities and mm-hmm. as you both know that I won't go into right now, I know one of these people and mm-hmm. it's like it 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 I, I can't explain, but it's it's not it's really fabricated. Tough. It's but, really tough because but people there are a lot do of people take, who take advantage. advantage of it. Yeah, they mm-hmm. do. Of vulnerable mm-hmm. people, and you know, I'm someone who I lost my dad, and it was a really hard and I wouldn't I wouldn't classify it as traumatic, but a very challenging time in my life. And when people exploit that part of me, I. Th- I get angry, but yeah. it's like I've heard third-party testimony, people who do not have any connection to me whatsoever provide some really weird shit. So my mind's mm-hmm. open. But mm-hmm. this guy is fucking fuck dumb. Fuck this There's guy. There's no way. That fuck said, this guy. Fuck this guy. <laughs> that said fuck this guy. But mm-hmm. police do entertain the idea because, like you said, they're going to look into any lead they have and mm-hmm. they're going to use this against him. And he knew so many details of this situation. One, yeah. he knew the time of death. What? He knew where where Barbara was found. He knew the position of her body. What the fuck? He also knew how she was killed. It was aligned with forensic evidence about how she was killed. Okay? So maybe him mm. calling the police and, like, it was like a pseudo-confession for him. Mm-hmm. It was, like, well, a little bit closure relief for him, but under the guise sure. of, I'm psychic, I know, I'll help you solve the case. Well, like a surprise, win-win. A, a confused Andy finds himself in handcuffs and charged with murder, because, oh, duh. Like, how the <laughs> fuck else would you know this? But later, Robin comes forward offering to testify against Andy as a witness to Barbara's murder. She also claimed to have seen Doreen's murder and offered evidence in return for protective custody and immunity for both murders. Yeah, fuck that. So this Mm -hmm. bitch knows what she's doing. Mm. Okay? Mm. Yeah. According to Robin's report... Andy killed Barbara because he found out that she was cheating on him. Again, they were allegedly dating. Again, fucking patriarchy. Fucking patriarchy. Mm -hmm. 
I'm burping and a lot of stuff's coming out that I'm swallowing, so I just gotta burp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Power through. Power through. Although power this move. Invoke Syrah from Wake is really good. It's probably why I'm drinking it so fast. It's even better the second time. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is what strong bitches do. Dude. Swallow we your do. spit up. And with professionalism. So here I go. Robin also claimed to have been with them, both Andy and Barbara, at, on the night of the murder. Okay? So she claims to have been there. She also said they'd all been drinking and doing drugs when Andy and Barbara started arguing. So they were in an altered state. She said Andy parked behind an abandoned factory and raped Barbara, which I don't doubt, but who knows. And she was just there. Yeah, she was in the car. She says, like, he dragged her out of the car, raped her. Mm. Robin's just chilling in the car. Barbara's getting fucking assaulted. Robin does nothing. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm a feminist, but I have no fucking sympathy for this bitch Robin. Like, she's off the deep end mm-hmm. in terms of all this shit. The one saying she was a witness, not the one that was raped. Or yeah. The one saying she was a witness. Absolutely. She's I have complicit. complete sympathy for Barbara and Doreen, but Robin is complicit in these crimes. Yeah. And to mm-hmm. all of our ladies out there, I know it's hard to stand up and say something, but, like, if you see something, say, say something. Say something. I know, I know mm-hmm. that it's scary because you feel like you might get in trouble, but please, God, reach out to someone, someone that you trust, please, because we want to help you. And this sounds mm-hmm. just fucking horrible. I know most circumstances are not like this, but Jesus Christ. But I also mm-hmm. wish that, a, that like women who are victims of sexual assault like this would think of themselves coming forward and reporting it to the authorities, making it known, making it public, is helping every woman after you who goes but through the I same thing. I also get it. It's the 80s and she's a sex worker. Oh, like, I totally get it. I totally get it. And I'm sorry, even now in 2017, if a sex worker comes forward as having been <sighs> raped and taken advantage of, who the fuck is advocating for that person? Right. Nobody. Yeah. It's still, that's still the case now. And it fills me with rage and I'm going to push it down so I can get through this. Mm-hmm. So you might wonder why Robin didn't say anything. Well, this Andy guy threatened to kill her if she talked, which makes sense. However, forensic evidence would say otherwise. Robin claimed that there was no connection between the two murders, Doreen and Barbara, but forensic evidence would kind of link them together. They were killed under very similar circumstances, and Robin's accounts of the situation just didn't fucking add up. Mm-hmm. According to Robin, Doreen had left a satanic coven led by known criminal Carl Drew, who we talked about earlier. He was also Doreen's pimp. Um, She wanted to work on her own. So Carl Drew tracked her down, brought her to the high school, that demon demon vocational high school where she was killed, Um, Mm -hmm. took her out back, and Robin claimed she was in the car, just kind of, again, waiting for all this to go down. And she was also with her lover, Karen, who we talked about earlier. I know this is really convoluted, but Robin and Karen, they're in cahoots. They're together in the car. Doreen is dragged out by this fucker, Carl, and they're just kind of waiting around, seeing what's going on. When Carl came back to the car and got in, they asked what happened, and he simply replied, you don't want to know. Uh, Yep. 
No. Robin Robin claims she heard nothing, no screaming, no struggle, <clears throat> didn't have any other testimony. Mm-hmm. But again, forensic evidence did not support this version of events at all. Dorian had met a very violent end, according to forensic study. And there's no way that she could have gone, fi- like, quietly. There, she had to have screamed. Or if she mm-hmm. didn't scream, her attackers had to have made noise of some mm-hmm. kind while they were murdering her because her, she was yeah. bludgeoned to death. So it just yeah, doesn't make sense. if she was passed out or drugged or something, exactly. there would have been thugs. You had to have heard something. They were a hundred fucking feet away. There's no way. Mm-hmm. So Karen, Robin's lover was also still cooperating with police at this time. But she was paranoid. She was unwilling to testify in court. She was convinced that she was the next in line to be sacrificed. And it turns out this wasn't so crazy as she was reported missing on February 9th, 1980. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Ugh. it. Two months later, in a nearby beach town... A man stumbles upon the top half of a human skull. Uh, oh. Uh, uh. Yup. Oh. Also oh. nearby were the carcasses of three cats, sheep bones, no. clumps of human hair, jewelry, high heel shoe, one shoe, and torn pieces of a woman's sweater. What the This was fuck? what became of Karen Marsden. No. What the fuck? Yuck. Yep. Did they find the what rest of cats her? and uh, the top of the skull? Some ritualistic fucking shit. That's what I'm saying. Oh my god. Did they Some figure it out? Some creepy shit. <gasps> so, in the wake of Karen's discovery, several people begin to come forward calling out Robin, who again, Karen's lover. And it's like weird conveniently around during all this shit as the real ringleader and killer. Okay. Oh my God. At this time though, remember Karen's in witness protection because she gave testimony about this Carl guy. She's in Dallas. She's in witness protection, but they still issue a warrant for her arrest and they bring her in. This a little bit feeds into, like, homophobia as part of this, like, witch hunt sort of a thing, though. A little I mean, bit. sure, but I feel like even in my research, I found very, like, it was an anecdote that she and Karen were lovers. Oh, okay. It didn't mm-hmm. really feed into any kind of motive. Okay. It wasn't, like, salt um, in the wound. Like, this is just an added detail to make a reader think that she was more guilty than she was. Well, sure, but, I mean... On a personal level, level, it's like the two of them knew each other very well. And as we'll get, we'll get to, I'm wrapping this up really soon, but okay. as we'll get to, it's like Robin knows Karen, Karen knows Robin, Karen knows too much, Robin yeah. retaliates. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So during the interrogation, Robin confesses that she had been part of the killings of both Doreen and Barbara and had killed Karen because she knew too much. So she does confess that in her interrogation. Mm-hmm. That motherfucker pimp Carl Drew had allegedly, according to Robin, forced Robin to take part in these murders as an act of loyalty to the cult. Okay. Oh, great. Yeah. Perfect. Great. So Robin testified that she and many others in 
um, the Fall River area and in this, like, sex and drug trade, took part in rituals in a friend's apartment that included praying, chanting, and trying to conjure Satan. Hmm. She claimed that during these rituals, some folks lost consciousness and spoke in tongues. She noted the use of human skulls and blood during the ceremonies. Now, remember, it was the What tops. does it mean to notice the use of human skulls? I mean, she can <laughs> like, attest to the fact that they were used. <laughs> the tops of the skulls were what were found in two of these cases. So it's entirely possible that the bottom mm-hmm. half of these skulls were used in these rituals, which is fucked. Wine glasses. <gasps> I mean. Oh, my God. I don't want to make merch out of this situation, but that's a really no. fucking good idea. Oh, I mean. Like, yeah. really good. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, bottom half's the best half. Exactly. But the top the half is the most waterproof, leak right, resistant. Right, but the teeth are really important, as you know from Dr. Lee. Leak but, resistance, though. Anyway, she attests to the fact that the skulls and blood were present during these ceremonies and that two of these ceremonies were taking place or like a ceremony was taking place on the night that Doreen was killed and on the night that Barbara was killed. Okay. Mm -hmm. This guy, fucking Andy, who was the boyfriend of Barbara, (laughs) was convicted. This guy, fucking Andy. Fucking Andy. (laughs) He was convicted of first degree murder and given life without parole. God. Because they found evidence that he was indeed present or connected or complicit in Barbara's death. So, good. Mm -hmm. Fuck you. You're not a fucking psychic. You killed her, and that's how you knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. Don't Mm -hmm. disparage the reputation of real psychics. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you you very much. Carl Drew, that motherfucking pimp, was also convicted of first-degree murder for being complicit in, I don't remember if it was Barbara or Doreen's death. Being complicit in being an asshole. Yep. And is still serving a life sentence without parole. But Robin, her defense team managed to convince a jury that she'd been under the powerful influence of a satanic cult, and she was convicted of secondary murder and was sentenced to life in prison, but with parole, and after 24 years, was released in June, (gasps) June 10th, 2004. Oh. But... Because vengeance is sweet, y'all. No. Oh, no. Oh, she's no. a fucking idiot. She <laughs> violated her parole in 2011 and is back in prison now. She's not up for parole again until March. Oh, shit. She was up for parole in March of 2017. Did not get it. Mm-hmm. She's still in prison. How'd she violate God. her parole? I'm not sure. Yeah. At this point, I had done four pages Drugs, of handwritten maybe. notes. Most likely drugs or a firearm. Oh. Possession of a firearm. Concealed carry. So she's still in prison. And to wrap this up, I will say I can't attest to the fact that it was real or not. Or if it was just like some scapegoat that was created originally by the media that then the suspects kind of jumped on board with. Right? That's and what I was thinking. always have that cult card in your back pocket. Always. And it's Carl very Drew, convenient. That fucking pimp with a life sentence, he even now uh, says that he was never part of any kind of cult, even though back 
in the day when all this is going on was like quoting Satan and saying that he was part of the cult. He's going back on it now. So it's really tough to know whether or not this was actually real. But either way, it's like weird fucking shit was going on. And I feel like these are all... I don't want to call anybody a degenerate. Like, some of these dudes are fucking assholes. Some of these women were just trying to survive. And if you're Mm -hmm. offered up any sense of community, whether that community seems satanic or Mm -hmm. Christian or whatever, I can see sex workers and people who have fled their foster care and seem completely disjointed and wayward being like, yeah, I'm going to join this group of people. They're going to protect me and yes. mm-hmm. I'm just going to roll with it. I don't mm-hmm. I don't disbelieve that this cult existed and was made up of people who were in very unfortunate circumstances. And I think mm-hmm. vulnerability plays a huge role in these issues. I also wouldn't mm-hmm. doubt that all of these events went down just because of like just gross uh-huh. demented circumstances and the women were involved because of their situations but like after the fact if they tried to frame it as some co- some like to give it some sort of sense or some sort of structure sure mm-hmm. you know i could yeah, i could like see it as just like control and then there's exactly a yeah i mean <laughs> they they really go hand in hand but as far as structure goes and like premeditation, I don't know. I could see it going a lot of ways. Either way, this is fucked up, and this is a great case. Yes, Super I loved fun. it. It's I couldn't go into <clears throat> it with ten hours of recording time. So let's get the special thanks. <laughs> special thanks. Special thanks this week. Kenny's right, gonna we'll cry. Rotate. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to remember when it's my <laughs> turn. Good luck. <laughs> we'll cue you. <laughs> Okay. Um, Alicia Amanda. Oh, that's my my first name as your last name. Chelsea Haney. (laughs) Not to be confused with Chelsea Handler. Thank you. Becky Wolf, because you're hungry like the wolf. (laughs) It's my turn. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Carly Kristen. Yas. Holly Wilcox. Oh, yeah. Amy Patterson uh, to kick yeah. off our $10 a month Patreon supporters. Sh- yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, coming in hot with a <laughs> tough name. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Lindsay Shadig. Okay. Can I say can I say one thing? Yeah. Sure. So when I was in Vegas and I was under the influence of many substances out on the street and all these fucking guys from like strip clubs want you to to go to the strip club some guy came up to me and was like hey I've got this thing for a strip club Uh, you feel this and I legit thought he was calling me Phyllis and I yelled at him don't call me Phyllis and then like cracked up fucking laughing and he looked at me like I was insane and then walked away so Nice. Shadig, y'all dig, y'all feel this. Don't call me Phyllis. It's all connected. Continue. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Megan Parker, thank you so much for your donation. Yep. Amanda? Is it my turn? Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Okay. Yes. It's your family oh, member. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have this one because she's like my second cousin in law. I don't know if that's a real thing, but I love her. Her name is. 
Emma Emma Finkenauer Lepaco, and she used to be just Finkenauer, but she just got married in September, and she has the most beautiful children and the most wonderful husband, and she's the coolest lady ever, and I'm so excited that she's donating to us, so thank you so much. I'm so drunk. I'm sorry. (laughs) Thank you, Emma Finkenauer Lepaco. Thank you. I'm dancing. (laughs) Dear God, thank you, Christy Miller. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Amy Starr. You're a shooting star. Oh, God. Okay. Thank you, Joe Seligman. 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 (laughs) And thank you, Christine Sturgis. And Sophia. Oh, Sophia. Week. 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 <laughs> I think it's Wick or White. Gracias well, for your, your donation is incredibly generous. <laughs> and generous I'm sorry donation. we can't pronounce your name. Gracias, Sofia. We love w. You Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kali Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Wine and Crime Pod. If you have wine recommendations or creepy true crime stories to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts. More importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to spread the word. We are a totally independent show, so if you'd like to support us and get a shout-out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers!